When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick-or-treat? Did I do that? I'm Sailor Welcome to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am joined by the movie geek himself, Rob, for Dream a Little Dream from 1989. Hello. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me back again. <laughs> it's of finally course. my turn. And Rob has two this month. He's coming back. We got this, and then we have in two weeks. Weeks, the Sting, another 70s movie. Yeah, well, with this one, I figured this would be the perfect time to do Dream a Little Dream because it was the anniversary yesterday. Mr. Anniversary here. He came up with another one, March 3rd of 1989, 33 years later. Yes, we are the day after on March 4th. Wow. Besides the anniversary aspect, Rob, what was it that made you want to choose this movie or do this movie in in general i wanted to do this movie because i had recently bought it on dvd it was a thought that came in my head and i was like i don't own this movie and so i bought it and i know that you haven't seen it so i was like i need to pick something that ryan hasn't seen because we don't do that much on the show So let me see if he's up for this. And of course, because of the anniversary, I watched this a lot as a child and I really wish that I could tell you why. It was just one of those movies that, not to say I wanted to live my teen years like they did, but it was just something that I connected to. I don't know if it was the music or how much fun it seemed that they were having, or maybe it was the sort of like, 
borderline supernatural aspect of it that mm. gravitated me to it. I don't know. I just watched this a lot as a kid. I was like, why not, you know, review this on here and see if Ryan likes it. And you know, I'm always up for something that I haven't seen. You never know what you're missing. But I have to say, while watching this, I definitely have seen scenes from this movie. I don't know where, when, or how, and I don't know what the hell I thought it was. But there's some parts that I'm like, oh, yeah, this. So I wonder if this is one of those movies that repeated all the time on one of those early cable channels or the higher number, like an HBO or something like that. Yeah, I... I definitely would see this on HBO a lot. If anything, it was probably on TBS, but for the TBS, most part, yes, or or maybe USA. I don't know, but up all I, night, <laughs> yeah. But HBO definitely because I had all the channels when I was younger, so I made sure of that. And so this did repeat itself a lot on HBO, I believe. And of course, for anyone who doesn't know, this stars the two Corys. I mean, what can you say about the two Corys? Huge part of the '80s culture. We have. Oh my god, the Lost Boys alone. But they went on to do so many things. After this, before this. So what are your feelings about the two Corys? We kind of touched on them, I think, at some point. But we did. Do you uh, have I, a favorite Corey? I believe that they did seven movies together. Wow. I think this is clearly not the best one, but I think the best one is left to the beholder. Uh, but yeah, this one to me, I think follow falls in the middle somewhere. Uh, I don't necessarily have a specific favorite, Corey. I mean, I've seen Feldman in more things than Haim, so I would most likely pick him, but I think that every time I see Haim, I feel comfortable, and I, I don't know if relax is the right word. I just feel at ease because he's just yeah. a really fun guy to just watch on screen. There's a level of intensity when it comes to Feldman. I mean, he's been in a few horror films, of course, and, you know, he's had his side of, you know, his own thing. Haim, I don't see do a lot of stuff on his own. There was one movie that I don't remember watching, but I know I've seen it. So we've talked about this movie, and I hope to do this one day on the podcast, which is just one of the guys. Yeah. And so, like, Dream a Little Dream, when they came out with a weird sequel that doesn't necessarily tie to the first, just one of the guys did the exact same thing. And if you guys don't know what that is, just one of the guys is about a woman who decides to dress up as a man to enter in a a contest done at a different school. She believes that she would have won if it was entered in as a man. So they did a knows- remake too, a number with Amanda Bynes, right? Well, kind of I wouldn't say quasi esque. Well, the whole the whole thing, they're both adaptations to Shakespeare's Vic- Victor Victoria. I believe that's the one. Yes. And so, anyways, the sequel to just one of the guys too was a gender swap. It was a guy dressing up as a girl to do A, B, and C, and it was Corey Haim. So I mean, I think that you have... It's ladybugs all over again. (laughs) I think that you have, you know, like your personal connection on which one you just gravitate to more when you grew up in the 80s. I, again, I get more of an enjoyment watching Haim on screen, but I've just seen more Feldman stuff, so I'm just used to him. I think that's pretty on point. Haim always had this, like you're saying, relaxedness about it. I'm, I'm assuming it's because of his personality, but also probably drug use over the years, which was happening during this movie as well, I found out. My God. 
Feldman always just has, I feel like, the stigma with him in Hollywood for some reason, but I always liked him in things. I never got into the whole Corey Feldman is so handsome and attractive, like he's a heartthrob that I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah, yeah, I, I like both Corys, I think. <laughs> Well, I, I, again, I chose this movie for you because it just screams 80s. It, it has some familiar faces in it. It has a weird concept. And so I was very curious what your thoughts were going to be. Bobby was just a normal teenager. Is he okay? Ask him if he wants a Pop-Tart. Hey, Until he bumped into Lainey and the Edingers. Now, Bobby has three days to find himself. That's rude, mister. To pass high school. I was that SAT man Saturday afternoon test. And steal his best friend's girl. Well, maybe you're not her type. I'm every girl's type. Or his future is history. Jason Robards, Corey Feldman, Piper Laurie, Meredith Salinger, Harry Dean Stanton, Corey Haim. You were expecting maybe Freddy Krueger. Dream a little dream. So this is a body swap movie in essence. This is like a Freaky Friday, 17 again, a vice versa, like father, like son. It's body swap, but not really body swap. Oh, how would I describe it? A wild movie, a wild movie. <laughs> Yeah, if anybody has ever seen this movie, this is just think of X-Men Last Stand, Professor <laughs> X with his theory of consciousness. Basically take that theory and slap 90 minutes on and see what happens when the sh when it like actually happens. So that's basically what it is. <laughs> a man decides he can just take his conscience and put it in a dream state, therefore to try and live forever. So just to give you a little bit of context. So yeah, it is considered sort of a body swapping thing, but only one of them swaps. It's not like they both are interacting with each other in a different body. So let me just sum up what I think happened. And please correct me because you've seen this much more than I have. Okay, so we have Corey as Bobby, right? Slacker has issues at school. His best friend is Corey Haim. Dinger? Dinger, yes. Who is a character in his, I love, I mean, it, it turns out w why this happened is because in real life, Corey Haim got into an accident, but this whole movie, he's with this cane, he's got this bright red hair, I really like this character. <laughs> so that's the best friend. He's just always the most positive person, regardless of his situation. Like, every character, there's something happening to him, and yet, <laughs> in this one, like, again, he has a broken leg, you know, his mom ran it over with the car, and he, but he's still always He's living the best life every happy time. Like, yeah, yeah like happy go lucky bobby is infatuated with this i mean talk about 80s names laney <laughs> uh, and she's has a boyfriend named joel who's controlling at the same time we have this professor coleman him and his wife are deeply in love this quote by the way he says this to his wife she asks why did you marry me? And he goes, because I saw the other half of me. And that just made me melt. So he won points for that. But he has a way with words. He has this, like Rob is saying, this theory that he can have the two of them live together forever in this dreamlike state. While they're attempting to do this in their in their backyard, 
Corey Feldman collides with him. So he <laughs> so he collides with Lainey in the same vicinity as this older couple who is trying to do this experiment. We're just going to take their word for it that because they were all in the same room, instead of this older couple going into this dreamlike state of existing, they in fact went into the teenage bodies of Bobby and Lainey. Unfortunately, Gina, who plays the wife of Coleman, she is new to all of this. This is all Coleman. Coleman believes all of this stuff. She is just participating to make him happy. And, you know, like, that's what you do. You do things for your man, even though it doesn't make sense. You stand by your man. So that's what she was doing. And so because she's not used to doing these exercises and also her lack of belief of the whole thing in general, she is put into Lainey, but has absolutely no idea that she's in this teenage body. Lainey is the one that feels a little bit uneasy. So she's more herself with just a snippet of Gina inside of her. I think the memories would need to be unlocked. And, and so she feels a little bit weird about what's going on. But Bobby, who now inhabits Coleman into his mind, Coleman is Bobby. Like, there's the body, but Coleman is in control the whole time. What happened to Bobby? Well, he is now in the dream state, so he's still in his mind, but he can only be seen and talked to when Coleman goes to sleep at night. So they're together, but only one of them's controlling the body, and that is Coleman now. So we've got this older man who is becoming a teenager in the 80s. Okay, so that explains it better to me. So my whole thing was, I kept saying, where did Lainey go to? But Lainey is basically in control out of the majority of the time, but she has memories from Gina because she is in there. And that's why she likes the songs Dream a Little Dream, which they use. They got the most out of money used for that title rights and that song, let me tell you. And I do love that song, especially the Mama Cass version. Damn, they went for it. They're like, we are going to use this song as many times as we can. That's what it was. Because I kept saying, Lainey is is there, but Bobby's in the dream. So you said that you knew that there was a body switching element to this going in. But as the plot sort of unfolds, um, what did you think of the movie? I thought there was a lot of things that were really deep. And I mean that in a way, as, as deep as you can get from an 80s comedy, but it's really a melodrama, too. It's not pure comedy comedy, which just seems like what the sequel ends up doing as well, a complete opposite turn. Even the duality of the music, when you cut to Coleman in the beginning, the older music, and then every time you got to the boys, it was the hip music. That little things like that really I enjoyed. So there was things right off the bat, I was like, okay, I like this duality with that. It's a wild movie, not in the sense that over the topness it's just that i don't know i didn't expect the way things to play out how they played out no that's totally fair i'm watching it again after so many years the movie is definitely a weird one i mean there's i wouldn't say that there's plot holes but the flow of the movie doesn't necessarily connect everything and you're kind of having to just go with the flow and and just sort of being like okay this is happening these are the rules what have you what i think 
draws people into a movie like this is seeing Corey Haim and Feldman together. I think that's one of the strongest points of this movie and what I believe would gravitate you towards this and be entertained is just watching those two be besties in the film. And of course, like Ryan said, there's a heavy duality between old school and and current school. And, you know, just before they even swap, they establish that there's a little bit of a feud and a misunderstanding of both cultures. You know, the older gentleman is big on respect and how things used to be done when he was a professor or teaching or whatever he was doing in his life. And everything is sort of peaceful and he's very much in love with his wife. While the young school is is very, I guess in this one, a little destructive, a little, you know... Sp- well, I mean, how over the top was it that they did every cliche in the books that oh Corey Dinger ooh look at him he's always smoking his cigarettes he's got his bandana on with his rabbit pajamas he is a rebel he's got a sword earring like ooh they are rebels It was still endearing, but it was very funny to see that. Yeah. So there, there's just this obvious sort of like unconscious feud between the two of like, hey, we're just being kids, like get over yourself and yada yada. So now let's kind of switch it and then go from there. And so he is now being put into the shoes of a young kid and what it's like to be a high schooler and that it's not so easy to just be happy and tranquil and all of this stuff. And so I think this movie had somewhat of an uh, an okay message to give you. But at the same time, this is a classic 80s movie that is a little darker than what you would see from like Hughes or whatnot. So if you kind of want to break from the happy-go-lucky side of things, this one has a little bit of darkness. You know, there's alcoholism, there's controlling parents, there's neglectful parents. Yes! There's, you know, there wasn't any heavy drugs in this. Lainey's mother, though, she talk about drugs. Yeah. <gasps> she roofied her at one point and she's always drinking wine. Yeah. And it is, <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't get over. I couldn't get over the mothers and fathers in this so, movie. So that mother, uh, I believe her name was Susan Blakely. So immediately when I saw her, all these memories kept flooding back. She is the lead in My Mom's a Werewolf. Do you remember that? <laughs> crazy movie she's the That's a mom movie i think we should do too i would love to do <laughs> my mom's a werewolf yeah so she plays the mom and i always loved her in that movie completely different style of acting and character from this to that one but yeah so i mean the kids aren't seen like doing heavy drugs or anything like they drink a lot they smoke weed so it was also that side of teen life not like what you would see today and i've seen a lot of heavy ass teen shows today and man they do everything in the book so like back in the 80s you know sometimes you just smoke cigarettes and that was like hell it was a sin that was the worst is that actually was it a joint or was it a cigarette i couldn't tell i'm sure it was weed too it was weed okay i'm sure it was i mean but they smoked pretty pretty much throughout the movie with that being said again the way that it was executed sort of the flow of the movie didn't make too much sense but as a kid i didn't care i think it was just the music and just seeing those two together and you know i was a big fan of michael jackson and of course Corey feldman was so there's a lot of that in this about how he idolizes him not in the character sense but yeah i mean anybody who knows Corey feldman like they kicked it and he would imitate him and learn his dance moves and somewhat dress like him. And there was a lot of that in this movie. So <laughs> be okay with that. I texted Rob when I got to that scene. I thought it was great for the time period, especially. But how would Coleman know? Because Coleman's in charge at that point. No 
any of these moves at all. Okay, That's the so part that bothers I me. I said the exact same thing, and I don't have a clear answer for you, but we do have to take into account, which is weird, because again, I don't think this is the reason, but if I had to say something... Muscle it, memory. <laughs> it would be, Well, there's that, there's channeling, you know, kind of him in a way, but at the same time, he was assigned homework in his last dream, and Bobby did tell him to watch home videos to learn how to talk and dress and stuff so maybe he learned it from there um damn that's the only thing i can think of but i mean it's probably one of those things they didn't pay attention to so i think Corey feldman still takes michael jackson's style to this day but at this point it's blurred so much with him since because he's been doing it since the 80s that i think he thinks that it's his style but it was just funny to see that because it it stood out so so much, even though we got modern music in this, my future's so bright, I gotta wear shades, and it's the end of the world, like we know, yes. which <sighs> blew I my know. mind. I love the music from this movie, it's so good. Even the remix, sort of rock version of Dream a Little Dream, just as good. And even, even at the end of the movie, they had, because the movie started out with the old school, sort of like, what what is that called? Like, it's not jazz, but it's like, or maybe it's, it's blues. jazz. As he bluesy like blues, I guess. kind of. Her. So yeah, the older gentleman was singing the bluesy version, and then at the end we got the rock version. Well, then at the credits roll we got the the singer from the old school and the new school singing together, and I just thought that was really cool. I just that, that was again, nice. music with this duality of the music, and then you're right, putting the two together, brilliant, actually. Yeah, I thought that was good. So were you able to follow the story? Did did everything sort of make sense of how things were working and and sort of of like the stakes of the film i think it took me a dream sequence maybe it was the second dream sequence which that's where bobby bobby that's where bobby feldman's character is in and this one when he was swinging on the porch swing in the red shorts and the tuxedo top and then i realized okay coleman is always in control and this is when bobby's character can say thing and interact but it was very confusing to me because he kept saying oh i see your wife she's packing up it laney it was the whole laney thing I, I didn't understand how much Laney knew or remembered of Gina. So now in hindsight, um, I could see it clearer uh, and what the what the story was. But it did take a few of these dream sequences where he was channeling and he says it, Freddy Krueger. I wrote that before he even said that. I'm like, what is this, Freddy Krueger? <laughs> yeah, so the way that I look at the dream sequence is that, again, they're both in this dream existing sort of world, right? And because Gina doesn't know exactly what's going on, eventually eventually according to the story she's going to fade away like she's going to be gone forever yes. and and metaphorically what she's doing in the house is packing like she's getting ready to go and so it's not like literally happening this is just how coleman is visualizing what's happening with her existence her consciousness in the she doesn't know what's going on all she knows is that she's getting ready to go and so he is trying to you know fix everything and go back what i wasn't able to really figure out is how quickly he was able to notice that Gina was in Lainey's body. I don't know if it was in her eyes or he saw something. And of course, she was having sort of mistakes and things like, you know, Lainey forgetting her password. And so she was starting to kind of lose memory because I think Gina was in there, you know, 
scrambling thing, but he knew she was there the whole time. But on top I thought, of I thought that, he was crazy, honestly. I yeah. would have been like, what are you talking about? We're a married old couple. What? Yeah. But Bobby in, in in his own reality is in love with her. So it, it clearly, it just made sense. It worked for him. For Gina to be in there. Now, when they collided in front of the old couple, I honestly wasn't surprised that even the way that they collided, that Coleman didn't go in Lainey's body and Gina didn't go in Bobby's. That would have been more interesting in well, a in way. A, in a comedy sense, yes. But I mean, I feel that this movie was again, just sort of a lesson of what it's like to be a teenager and also having respect for those who came before us. So those two had to switch bodies and it just became a movie about him understanding, you know, teenage life or whatnot. But also just the idea of accepting the life that has been given to you. So what Mm -hmm. Coleman was trying to do was not only cheat death, but he felt that he needed or, or really had this motivation to extend the life that him and his wife Gina has if he continues down this route not to say that he would like neglect her or miss out on the moments that are happening now but he needs to accept the fact that you get only one life so just enjoy it to the fullest and not spend so much time trying to extend it they showed that right that he's into in a vegetarian diet and he wants to be the healthiest he could be yeah which I think is great all of that yeah of course of course but you're right it does show that he's so worried about about dying that he's not living. So that is actually a, a powerful moment. And the duality again, when he's inside of Bobby's body, and at one point, Lainey's jealous boyfriend, there's a whole thing with a gun involved. And I gotta say, Corey Feldman does a great acting scene as this person who's older and wiser in his head and trying to get through, like, you're gonna shoot somebody, you're gonna kill somebody for what? So I I love that, that they both learned a lesson, I'm assuming, that Bobby got something out of this, maybe, and Well, that is the other thing, too, is that throughout the movie, Bobby is sort of considered the enemy of the film because he supposedly knows the answers on how to switch back yeah, but he right. doesn't but yeah but he doesn't want to go back he actually loves the idea of just being in the stream state and existing in that world regardless of his real life because everything to him is super shitty including his parents who literally speak to him as if he's Ooh. some alien or monster they don't directly speak to him they ask the other spouse to ask for them so i'm the dad my mom you know my wife's next to me wife ask your son if yada 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 and they do that in front of him in his face they don't directly talk to him there's no explanation for the reason for this relationship it's just a weird thing that's happening in his life and yeah so he doesn't even like his life right now and he's like i'm willing to just stay here and you can be bobby forever i don't care so there's just that conflict with adding on to the stakes, you know? But Rob, where is she? I've been waiting. It's <laughs> long. I love it. I this love soundtrack it. is great. Where is she? Where is she? I've been looking like for dawn. Where is she? I've been searching on and on. 
I want to talk about Joel's character for a second. So this is Lainey's boyfriend. And this is something that you don't necessarily do a lot, which is if the protagonist is in love with a girl and she is currently dating someone else, it's usually the enemy of the film, a bully, a heavy jock, which technically he's a jock as well in this movie but they're usually not friends good point when you steal a woman from somebody else or i shouldn't say steal because it's obviously her choice too but when you know when one couple breaks up and forms another it's usually from an enemy's point or you know standpoint but these guys are actually friends joel to some degree is is friends with bobby yeah and so bobby feels even worse of the fact that he likes his girlfriend so much and you just don't see that type of dynamic so the way that joel was slowly just having to come to the realization that his girl didn't like him anymore and not only that likes this guy who he feels is a lesser version of him was really interesting to watch but it did make it easier for the audience not to care that <laughs> she is totally just cheating on this man oh especially you're right because they at first it kind of was it was going towards that direction but then they really did like a number with this joel character he, when he even says and mothers even always love me and things like that like he was getting so cocky this dude yeah so joel is the standard jock but a very different case this jock can walk around high school with a blue velvet cowboy jacket with tassels and still feel like the big man no, on damn, campus damn god bless them god bless him and he always had that finger thing when he <laughs> yes what, what the hell was that about i don't know if that was an acting tactic or something but he was hilarious so he wasn't the typical jock but i loved him i will say this though so joel is played by william mcnamara I used to think that he was the hottest thing on the planet. Really? I, like, if you want to talk type and what I thought guys I saw myself with, it would, it's him. It's the Sean Hunter hair. It's the baby face. From this movie particularly? This movie particular, he's been in some other stuff. But, I mean, if you Google him, he's also sort of like a, a model as well. So he's had some, you know, pictures out there oh. or whatever. Oh, and, but he's also been in a couple thrillers that I've watched him in as well. And he just, I don't know. I just always, he, you know what? If I remember correctly, he was in the Jerry Springer movie. What? I know. Oh my yeah. God, this is hysterical. So I'm looking random. at him right now. Yeah. I always found this man to be the most attractive thing on the planet. I, I don't talk about him ever, but back then I just liked, he just had full lips and he was just always so damn cute i just i could not get over him he was just so hot this picture that they have on his wikipedia he looks like crispin glover-esque looking now a little bit yes no I, I definitely see that so it was really nice to see him but what i don't remember especially as a kid is that he was so controlling i mean oh no, yeah yeah I mean, most of it was out of like i wouldn't say depression but he was obviously had a lot of anger because his girl was like running out on him but like the whole gun thing all of that was just due to shit happening to him but he like pushed his girl he almost hit her like there was a lot of and he was very like come here and you know demanding <sighs> of her and, and made her very submissive which is what her mom wanted her to do was be submissive to this boy and I, I don't remember all of that but there were also times in this movie where he would actually defend Bobby from another bully that was in the that school. was I liked I actually liked that because it shows that they were friends 
friends, you know, beyond everything. Yeah, yeah. So Bobby is, throughout this movie, trying to convince Lainey that she is Gina. Do you like sort of the tactics that were being pulled? They're they're going through a day that they share together, which, oh my God, that is so goals. Mm. He was such the husband. Like, that day that they had when they went out to eat they went dancing the horse carrot like all like all in one day the sunset thing he is so they tried to create that day together but then just also the way she, he broke it to her and all like what do you think about like the flow of this movie and getting her to kind of remember and make her believe that she is someone else worked out for him rob but let me tell you at first i was thinking i would say he was crazy because even when she said man i was really starting to like you and then you got to say some weird crap i think it was that husband-esque level of i've known you so many years beyond you knowing this you're actually your husband it had to have been that because like i said i don't buy him as a debonair heartthrob especially with his jet black dyed greasy looking hair in this movie i mean what would you do in that point i mean how else would you say this i like the whole idea of him saying like you try to think of this and dream this because if she didn't experience something similar to that i don't think she would have been as open I think with Lainey, though, it was weird because we didn't necessarily know how much of Gina was sort of channeling out from her. And so it was just her always agreeing to be like, okay, Bobby, I barely know you, but yeah, let's go into this old couple's house and let's, you know, go here and I'm going to kiss you and I'm starting to like, like, it just was a little too easy for her to just be like, I don't have a boyfriend right now. I'm just going to go and sneak around with this boy. That was a little weird. Did you like their chemistry? Do you think they had chemistry? Um, Miss Salinger and, and Feldman. The scenes that he had with her, especially when the mother is saying, you will not, whatever the mother was at this point in the roofie and the drug, whatever she did to her. She this, thinks at this point that he is this like violent controlling person, right? By the end of the movie. But he's like, and I I will be back or I'm coming for you. I'm doing it anyway, basically. Like it's going to happen. And then he ends up going into the window later. Oh my God. Wait, real quick. <laughs> so that scene where they're like, we got to go get Joel. He has a gun. He's going to shoot oh, the yeah, other bully. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, they run to the car and the parents come and stop them. Like, teenage life is this so much full of drama. Like, can you believe, like, that was some soap opera shit. They were going through it. They were. But it was the execution of that. So when, like you said, when they parted ways and he's like, just go with them. I will be back. And she's like, no, you won't. She was like, I'll be back. And then they part ways and the hand separates slow-mo. And it's like, rock on. You know that song that That, was playing? That had me. I believed it then. I honestly honestly believed it then although prior to this i was like eh. it took me those end moments when he was really coleman Corey was coleman <laughs> yeah All 
I want to talk about sort of the comedy aspect of this movie because we've been talking a lot about this being a drama and a romance, and it definitely is. But the comedy that's in there, the whole body swapping thing, that does exist. So Coleman, when he wakes up, he has absolutely no idea where he is, who he is. Do you think he's on drugs, which I would have thought as well? He looks in the mirror, he immediately recognizes the, the body that he's in. But he enlists in the help of his best friend, uh, who lives, I guess, in the apartment below him. And those two sort of have like a friendship going, but trying to convince him like, oh, I'm Coleman, I'm in this body and blah, blah, blah. You know, that could be fun too. But just also him remembering names like, who are you guys again? Oh, we're your parents. And just him going to school and just seeing all that chaos in the hallways and all of that. And him just trying to remember how to do things, especially when he was watching the home videos and then he went to school and tried to be like yo baby me just you know and just saying dude all the time and yada like there was some funny stuff that went on but it was also him just getting used to dinger in his ways and them to like talking actually i wrote this quote rob when he says school's over yonder i thought that was adorable and cute the way fame delivered that line because coleman at this point is you know not going to school he's going the opposite way oh listen i've got some things to do i'll meet you at school bobby isn't there any film left in your camera, dude? Look, you cannot cut any more classes. Bobby, you're already on the boys' VP most wanted list. You gotta go to school. It's a dirty job. Someone's gotta do it, okay? School, you know? School? Hey, buddy. School's that way. Yonder. We traffic in mockery. Yeats, 1928. Okay, sure. It's okay, pal. I know, I know. I've been there. Take a deep breath. Shh, it's okay. It's all right. I'm here. I'm with you. You're okay. You're secure. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that he had to learn on his own to adapt or whatever. But yeah, this movie was a little all over the place. I will say, I think it could have been more cohesive and connected a little bit better as far as the transitions. I will say that, again, the chemistry between the Corys I thought was great. I want to say, and this, I don't know if this makes the movie bad or, wor- or you know, or good, but the opening uh, credits to this film shows the two Corys, they're having a sleepover and they're just chatting all night. Yeah. And I just think the back yeah. and forth and then just going to another, you know, like written credit and just singing the the jazzy song and just watching them just be themselves and together, I just thought was really good. And there is more of that in the movie as well. So by the end of this movie, I mean, yes, you you did find some themes and messages from the film. I honestly, like, after it was all said and done, what did you think about, like, how it wrapped up? Would you see yourself watching this as a kid, like, over and over again? I don't know if this is a movie that just is, like, too weird, or if it's just, like, a one-off, like, okay, I saw it, it's another Corey. I must have thought this when I saw these, some of these scenes as a kid. All of this would have went over my head so much, so much, so. So I am glad that I'm seeing it at 36, actually. It makes more sense. And the whole living thing, you know, wanting to live your fullest life before you're dead kind of thing. That's something you face, I think, when you start getting, you know, older. So I think you have to be an adult to really appreciate this movie in a way. Although 
It is fun. I don't know if I would ever seek out another rewatch, but it was definitely not the worst movie I've ever seen by any means. So, and the the soundtrack was fun. And by the end, I did enjoy the wrap up. I like Coleman did the whole SAT thing, passed this kid through. You're hoping that Bobby subconsciously will, you know, change his life. Now his parents will treat him better. I like the wrap up. I really do. Yeah. And, and talk about the eighties vibe in this. Oh yeah. Just with the, transitions the way that the editing was done the music also there was a time lapse where they were in class just waiting for the bell to ring because he had things to do right yes yes we're watching this kid just sharpen a pencil from the literal top to all the way in the bottom and all of the pencil shavings are just on this desk just sort of giving you an amount of time that has lapsed that's so 80s thank you for reminding me i had a note that that area that whole section first off it's coleman probably being bored out of his mind having to do high school level work again but also the transition but the music i was waiting for the teen witch street rappers to come in it sounded just like top that yeah (laughs) yeah no i totally agree the clothes just the dynamics of like relationships apparently bobby had a girlfriend i mean she popped in and out her name was shelly or sherry and she didn't make a whole lot of sense but she uh, again was just there in love with him for some reason but yeah i liked all that and then also i don't know if you noticed this in bobby's room there was a poster of the Lost Boys. Yes, I, I love, love that. that. I, I don't think I've His ever noticed room. that. Actually, I liked everything in there, Rob. I love these like 80s. I have posters all over my room, but his was put together poster look. Different things all over the place, and I thought it looked cool. The biggest thing that I saw on this rewatch um, was the amount of F-bombs that we got. There, yeah. there were tons of them, and it all seemed to be like cluttered in this one specific part of the movie. It was like once or twice throughout, but like then there was a moment where it was just one after the other. And I'm just like, okay, we get it. But it's the 80s, so I can't really fault them too hard for that. But at the same time, like watching it as an adult, that may take viewers by surprise at some point. So yeah. If it was on Disney Channel, would they say, don't fool with the babysitter? (laughs) Too funny. Don't fool with the Lord's of hell. With the babysitter. Uh, you saw that post. <laughs> For Adventures in Babysitter, the, yeah. the Disney Plus, anyone doesn't know, they cut the F word out, of course. So I believe that this movie is free amongst a lot of platforms. I think it even said that it's even free on YouTube. Um, but I think on Amazon, you may be able to watch it, but it'll have ads. I think Tubi has it. So yeah, if this is a film that sounds remotely interesting you know give it a shot i don't know if any of you guys know the actress piper laurie she's in this and she's fantastic to watch she's mostly famous from from my generation uh the faculty she was one of the teachers in in the film and so she's fun and then coleman who is jason um, robards who for me biggest role was the parenthood he played the matriarch matriarch yeah And so, yeah, there's a lot of old school actors in this and it's very 80s and it's it's a film that's just out there. And that's just my taste. I just love these one off, unique, crazy off the off the cuff, like teenage films that has (laughs) that does not make sense. I just love them. He loves his Paulie Shaw's, too. (laughs) 
I don't know how soon I'll be repeating a watch from this, but I don't know. I think this was one of those comfort movies that I had when I was younger. Good. I can explain it. And Problem Child 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, the original title of this was Long Before Tomorrow. The two Corys were both addicted to drugs, such as cocaine and heroin. So, at the time of this filming, that is what was going on, which probably helped with the filming of this movie. <laughs> I would have been like, where am I? Okay, I'm in the dream world now. All right. And it did say that because of Feldman's obsession with Michael Jackson, he included Jackson's style types, moves, and dance sequences in the movie. So all in all, maybe Rob, one day we will do the sequel because I was watching clips, I read things, and like Rob said off camera, it's sequel in name only, basically. But maybe we'll do it one day. Maybe we'll do like sequel mania and we'll do that. So stay tuned, Radical Ones, for that. Rob, when you're not hanging out over here, where can the lovely people find you? We are on the final and eighth season of Recapping Charmed, the OG series. So this will be the final season of Brunch with the Hollowells where we watch and review every episode one by one. And so definitely check that out on most podcast apps. And we should still be on the Movie Geek and Proud movie podcast, also on most platforms. Uh, that's going up pretty good. So that's Movie Geek and Proud. Check that out if you are also into a different side of movie reviewing where we do a more deeper analysis of some films from all genres. So, yeah. Truly a wide spectrum. And he failed to mention that Brunch with the Hollowells just hit 100k of streaming of a podcast as any podcasters out there probably anyone it's a huge it's a huge honor to have that many and my god rob congratulations yeah no matter how long it took the fact of reaching that milestone before the show actually stopped you know posting episodes i i'm very happy to have made it to 100k so yeah (laughs) congratulations i'm so proud to be able to say i'm a part of that show as well and you could always reach the radical retro rewind podcast one word on instagram we also have a youtube channel where we do different segments and we're still hoping that someone tries out the message comments button thing on anchor where you could leave a voicemail we would love to hear from anybody tell us Tell us how you really feel about us in this show. (laughs) And if you find it in your heart to like, comment, subscribe, or wherever you're listening to this, a review on a platform, it truly helps us grow the show and it would mean so much to us. So thank you again for that. We will be back next week with an all new episode with David, but catch us in two weeks where Rob will be back for a 70s classic Academy Award winning movie, The Sting, starring Robert Redford and Paul <laughs> Newman. Bye. Bye. Sweet dreams, the sunbeams find you. Sweet dreams that leave all worries behind you. But in your dreams, whatever they be, dream a little dream of me. Yeah. Dream a little dream of me.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.